Do you know who this is? Because if you don't, you should. And if you don't have this book, you should order it. It's called Dear Denise, Letters to the Sister I Never Knew. Our guest today, our very special guest, is Lisa McNair, and you do not want to miss it. Welcome into this week's edition of Alabama Unfiltered. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. Allison Sinclair is with me. Amy Beth Shaver is also with me. And our guest this week is Lisa McNair, who has a new book out called Dear Denise. But don't forget, before we get started, you can listen to this podcast at all the different places you find your podcast any of those places, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, do that. And don't forget to check out 1819news.com that powers this podcast. You can get their daily updates and their newsletter that'll let you know everything that's going on in the state of Alabama. Ladies, I'm outnumbered again. Welcome to the program. I hope you are doing well. We doing are. Great. You should Ever? be used to it by now. Being outnumbered? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't Oh, wait, there's a show called Outnumbered, and that on is Fox. you. Yeah, yeah, I am. I usually am. I mean, or... It takes two women to balance out, or three women to balance out one man. Could be that. Could be what it means. Oh, I oh, think that's what I mean, it means. You don't that's, know. That's what I was told by corporate, which was you know. <laughs> now you're dragging Brian. Yes, into Brian is. Yeah, I'm throwing yeah. him under the bus okay. and backing up. We'll, reverse we'll the ask harness. Brian about that. <laughs> We'll see well, what no, that's we'll about. We'll have that conversation. Yes. Don't you yes, worry. Yes, indeed. So what do y'all have, since y'all are really in charge, what's planned for today? I know Lisa's here, Allison, so what are we doing? Well, I'm so excited exciting. because we have sweet Lisa, who I'm learning the more time I spend around her, which has not been enough, that we're like the same people. Like, she just came in in a whirlwind. <laughs> putting on her lipstick as she was walking in the door and fixing her hair and her glasses. And I'm like, that's my girl because that is me. And actually, I was early today. I be Amy you Beth were, here. You, she did, you like, did she not be Amy Beth here. You have never. When I rolled up. You yeah. have never she hadn't been. gotten out of the car yet. Oh, okay. okay. But I can believe she that she was wasn't really. first. It just. Everyone, let's have a moment for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it never happens. And so, Lisa, How did you it were. Did you try to get here like at ten? No, I think I think God just one, knew that I that like I needed to have it together today, and so right. He just kind of orchestrated. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm so excited to have Lisa here. We've just recently gotten to know each other and become quick friends. And um, I wanted to talk about real quickly how we met because it's the most. Bizarre, don't you think so? Like, I think it's yeah, that's different. It's really well. It, it's Lisa's a story thinking, that could have. We're as much alike as Allison thinks. Well, we're. she may not want to be, but like, Lisa's pretty cool. So I'm gonna well, just yeah, claim yeah. that she has an edge on me because she's made my memoir. And I hate you. Know so you were doing the right okay. thing by not saying yes. We're just alike. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Not. Don't do it. <laughs> that is funny. That is. I know a lot about you. Yeah, you know a lot about me. Okay, so you don't have to give me your thoughts on me because that might be a liability. <laughs> you don't know all the stories. But the way we met is so interesting because it could have ended so differently. But we. Um, and some of the story you might not know, but at the end of last legislative session, they had a bill that they introduced. It was called the Divisive Concepts Bill. Mm-hmm. And it was it was banning divisive concepts, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to put into a definition. Like what right. what what is CRT anyway? And what are divisive concepts? Because mm-hmm. your definition might be different than mine. And so it's mm-hmm. very vague. It's but it's one of those things that I think does need to be addressed, but the legislature had put forth this bill and they were 
it was in committee. And so that morning, we're kind of like this morning, the tornadoes. Um, really? And yes. yeah. And so we were traveling from Jefferson County and Shelby County. I didn't know. Um, we were both headed down and there was a lady that was supposed to speak. We were, um, my friend Tyler Thrasher and I, who's actually here today, um, were headed down. Well, actually he wasn't even headed down, but we were thinking about going down. I get a call from a friend of mine who was going to go speak on behalf of um, uh, adopting this bill and in favor of banning divisive concepts. Well, a tree fell in her driveway and she could not get out. So she calls me, I guess the committee started at like nine o'clock. She calls me at eight and she's like, Allison, is there anybody that you can think that would come down with you that would speak on behalf of, of supporting this bill? And I was like, eh, I'll call Tyler and see what he's doing. Tyler has like a job. Can I job. ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have a chainsaw to cut the tree up in their driveway? Or is that just in my part? Of well, I mean, like, I. Yeah, like a lady's gonna get a chance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the man's we're, we're job. Very, oh, that is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would man, like to know the tree, how to kill uh -huh. the bug. Well, is all, we're, we're only. Yeah. 100%. Right, right. There's only certain things that. men have to do, the bad jobs. So. I mean, I'm not gonna get out of chainsaw. <laughs> okay, like sorry, sorry. I don't think it was like a little twig. Oh, it was a gigantic I think it was like a big tree. Like, yeah. The tree people. Right, right. right. Okay. Yeah. You got to spend right. thousands of dollars to have okay. this tree removed. Okay, I'm just checking. But God just knew. Checking. God okay. knew because I called Tyler and I'm like, Tyler, any chance you can come down? And he was like, I don't know. Let me move some things around. And literally within the hour, we are in Montgomery sitting in this committee room. I was going to be there. Tyler was not going to be there. And I remember we actually sat right behind you. Really? And you probably never saw me because I had to leave early. But we sat right behind you and... Tyler gets up and speaks and talks about from his perspective why this ban, you know, as, as parents, we were supporting it. And then you got up and spoke. And actually, I missed your part of it, too. Long story there. But I remember I came and sat back down and Tyler was like, um, that's Lisa McNair. She just spoke about her sister who died in the bombing. And he was like, and I, as I sat there and listened to her, we're really not that far apart. Like, I really think here we are on opposite sides of this whole debate. Mm -hmm. Yet, the more I listen, a lot of what we're worried about is fear and just not understanding the other side. So I had to leave. But Tyler stayed and I guess introduced himself to you. And y'all had a discussion. And then y'all went to lunch and got to know each other. And I wasn't included at that point, I guess. You were out of. So I wasn't cool enough here? just yet. Why are you here instead of Tyler? <laughs> well, Tyler is here. He's just in the corner. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. It sounds like I, I Tyler's story. So, like, like I'm trying to. I actually, I probably should give you the microphone and you can fill in because I wasn't actually. You're right. I wasn't privy to most of any of that. But I did get to because as you and Tyler met. It forged this friendship. And then I found out about your book that was coming out. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is one of those things. I mean, Lisa needs to come on our podcast. I've never met her. I don't even know if she'd like me. I don't even know if mm -hmm. she does this. But your sister's story is so important. And so it's interesting because we were there on opposite sides. And yet we really are, I think, in a lot, and especially after reading your book, for the same things like your sister's story needs to be told mm -hmm. and your life and your family's life. That is an important, important aspect of not only Alabama culture, but 
the country and the world. And so it was just, I think this, my hope is that this podcast and us talking can be the catalyst to a lot of conversations of coming kind of across the aisle and saying, just like Tyler did, I want to talk with you. We're Mm -hmm. really not that far apart. We really are really wanting the same team, especially as believers, as Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And God hates what is happening. So lucky Tyler, I guess, connected us. You agreed to go to breakfast with me, which is, you know, again, as Scott would say, a liability to be seen out in public. But we had a great breakfast. You sent me home with your copy of the book and I finished it and it's just amazing. And so I'm really grateful for you being here. And hopefully um, this can be one of many conversations. But from your perspective, what happened that day? Were you like, who is this guy and why is he? Or no, do you remember uh, that committee yeah. oh, meeting? I remember that day. I, I had been thinking about the divisive concepts bill because I was just so hurt. I said, this is going to keep our story from being told mm-hmm. and so many other wonderful stories. And it just kept bothering me. And I posted a little bit about it on Facebook and mm-hmm. talked to some friends. And it's like, nobody seemed to people. They might've been doing something, but they didn't seem to be doing anything. Right. And I, like I tell people all the time, you know, our elected officials are elected by us and it's our responsibility to keep up with what they're doing because they right. represent us. And a lot of times we vote for them and then we don't pay any attention. Right. To right. And they just go do whatever you want, they want do to do. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have like, well, that would be you if you don't go down there today and make your voice heard. So I knew they were going to have a public hearing. And so I decided to go down. So I leaned over the bed and looked at my phone and it said thunderstorms. And I turned on the news and it says thunderstorms in Alabama, Birmingham and tornado watches <laughs> in Montgomery. And You're I was like, like I gotta really, go. Jesus, do I really have to go? Right. And right. so I said, well, you're going to have to protect me because I'm gone. Right. And I drove down and I nobody knew I was going except my sister because I live with her. And I had a picture of Denise and I just wanted to tell mm-hmm. them that bill needs to not pass because mm-hmm. it's going to stop this story from being told. Mm-hmm. I told about the story, how mm-hmm. parents, you know, chose forgiveness and mm-hmm. love and they weren't doing anything bad. They were worshiping our Lord. And as right. a state that believes in Jesus, right. you know, that's a story that needs to be told. And right. I, I wish that you all please not support this bill. Right. And what was interesting was I could tell once I got up there and said who I was, you know, sometimes there's a cloud on people or a yoke of anger, or, right. you know, and then as soon as I said that, mm-hmm. I could feel it break. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody's eyes turned to me. Some people's mm-hmm. face turned a little pink. Right. And then the man who was the head over it, I don't know anybody's name. Right. And he was saying, was your dad in the legislature? He said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, I work with your dad. I said, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Because he always worked across the aisles. Mm-hmm. And then this other man said, I worked with him too. I worked right. with him too. Mm-hmm. So everybody was real nice and they agreed, you know, that this was a good story and it needed right. to be told. And right. they thanked me for coming. And everybody, it was just a nice moment of us being human beings, right. being human beings. Right. Been on the same page, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Because I I found that, and I wanted to say when Allison was talking, when I served in the legislature, there were a number of pieces of legislation that I had that people considered controversial. Um, But oftentimes it was members of the Black Caucus that helped me pass Mm -hmm. some of those things Mm -hmm. because we were able to have conversations away from the cameras, away from from them taking their stance they need to take and me taking my stance that I need to take, and Mm -hmm. we would have these conversations like, 
yeah, but I'm not saying that. And they're like, well, I'm not saying that either. And yeah. and we would realize there's that common ground in there of, mm-hmm. hey, there are stories to be told, there, or this affects both communities. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do some things. Right. And, and so listening to you tell about this, because what they're probably not wanting taught is not necessarily what you're thinking is going to be mm-hmm. um, censored. Right. So how do we... How do we come up with something that says, hey, we're all human beings and mm-hmm. let's make sure we, you know, we teach the good and, but we're not maligning folks, that kind of right, stuff. So right, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a great to story. Go back and with, so I'm assuming they'll rewrite it. Right. But if it re, gets rewritten, right. it needs to be rewritten with everybody with, having a yeah, say yes. in what we do or do not want. Yes. From, and, and I like the, the, it's where we should be, regardless, regardless of what the government says. Mm-hmm. Grounded in what God wants us to be like, because right. we're all even at the foot of the cross, and yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is how we get things done, right? Right. So right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break oh, in. Okay. I just no, want to want to say that's how good. how great it is. So not off, not that I forget that my last name is McNair, and our family mm-hmm. is well known. But sometimes I like to pretend like it's not. Yeah. Right. So I thought I was just gonna get my purse right. and get my picture right. and slip out the door right. and go home. Well, right. I got bombarded by it when I hit the Tyler. door. I was like, Tyler. no, it was Tyler and like a bunch of people from the press. The press and for the, sure. Yeah. The legislator that read the the thing and brought right. it to the. So it was just like everybody. And I was like, wait a minute. Right. One at a time. Right. And this man started talking to me first. I'm going to talk to him. Right. And then I'm going to talk to you. And then I'm going to talk <laughs> right. to you. Because right. I had to get him in order because everybody was just out of control. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. But right. this is where your life, because, and, and this is kind of where I wanted to start, was, you know, you Denise died in the bombing a year before you were born. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's still fresh. You really grew up in the spotlight. I mean, mm-hmm. your first memories probably mm-hmm. were of her death. And kind of the chaos that surrounded it. And so what was that like for you? Because, I mean, honestly, in that situation after the committee meeting, you know how to do that. Like, I'd be yeah. like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, no, nope, you get in line and you get in line. Right. Right. So, so, I mean, you've had this whole life of this, like yeah. it or not. Yeah. And yeah. once people hear your story, I think you're the perfect person to carry this and to to tell this story. But start from the beginning and and kind of, well, I mean, you're yeah. you're born and you well, just lost my, your sister. Denise was 11 years old. She was the youngest of the four girls killed on that mm-hmm. day. And uh, my parents were the youngest set of parents. And they mm-hmm. were, Denise was the only child. That was not by design. That was because my mother had had a whole bunch of miscarriages mm-hmm. between for 11 years trying to have oh, other really? babies. Okay. And she was never able to carry the term. So when Denise was killed... It was a tragedy because of what it was. Right. But then it was also a tragedy for our family because, you know, you had a couple who'd been trying and now the right. only child. Right. I've lost my child and I'm not, right. I can't have any others. And I can't was, have any others, yes. you know. And almost exactly a year from the day she was killed, I was born. Wow. She's born, she was killed September 15th, uh, 63. My birthday is September 19th, 64. Oh, wow. That's wow. So, you know, there was a whole bunch of people praying. And I didn't mm-hmm. notice this till late. I didn't know about this till later. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little old lady was telling me that there were a bunch of women that prayed for mama to be able to have another baby and right. for her to be able to carry the term. Right. And um, so I was, a, you know, the words, a gift, I right. guess, to them. And then four years later, many miscarriages and a stillbirth. My mother at 40 had my younger sister. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so, but this, Denise's death has always been a part of me. You, you didn't I, know life without that. No, I didn't know a life without it, even though I never knew her. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just who, yeah. I, who it, it follows right. us all the time. Right. Because it's part of the family story. It's part of the and... family story. Yeah. So that day, what do you remember first learning about, like, how it happened and kind of the events leading up to that? I mean, there was no inclination that this was happening. I mean, obviously things were unsettled mm-hmm. in Birmingham yeah. in that time. So there, I guess every child who, who's, who's lost a sibling at some time asks that question, hey, did I have a brother or did I have a sister? And mm-hmm. so kind of when does that happen? And then, I mean, this is a, a bigger story than just someone passed away from, mm-hmm. from natural causes. So that's got to mm-hmm. be... That's a yeah. That interesting was one of the first things I ever knew that my sister was killed right. by white people because white people didn't like black people. Right? Really, that, that was the first. That thing was you the learned. lesson. That was what you learned first, but not at home. Or did I think you, learn, you it heard, learn it at home? I think I just picked it up. People always ask me, right? When did they tell you, and how did they tell you? Right. I don't remember them ever sitting down and telling me. I think it was just something that people right. talked about. You know, right. we talk around little children all the time and assume that they're okay. not really picking up. Yeah, that's the right. part they are listening to. Yeah, yeah. that's the part <laughs> that yeah. the stuff when you, you tell don't them to do. Right, right, right. And right. I was always one of those little kids that was really sharp as a little kid, but then I was also one of those little kids that would be around the corner listening <laughs> right. to old people's right. conversations. Right. And so I imagine people talked about it a lot because when I came, it was just a year later. Mm-hmm. I was the miracle baby that they had not right. done. So people would... Have that dialogue. That's just a natural thing. Right, you go right. to church and it's like, oh, right. Maxine brought the baby today. And, right. And I've had people say that it was so, I was so loved that they, at, during church, they would take a blanket out and lay it in the floor and allow me to crawl on the floor during oh. church. So, there so was a you lot were spoiled rotten. <laughs> yeah. No, I was. <laughs> you were I just loved a lot. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> and uh, so I don't ever remember knowing. But there's a picture in our living room of Denise that's always been there. And I remember asking mom, was that Denise? And she said, yes. But I don't have any recollection of ever being told who she was. But it's just always been around. And we continued to go to that church Mm -hmm. until 1983. So, you know, we knew about it. The interesting thing, though, about what I knew was the other people. The other families. I knew the Wesley family because they continued to go there. Okay. And they were educators. My mom was a teacher. Mr. Wesley was a principal. His wife was a teacher. So I knew them. Right. Um, But the other families I didn't really know. And it wasn't that people didn't want me to know them. But I think it just was like there was such a culture of not talking. Hmm. So for decades, nobody was really this kind of a thing people wanted to forget, or you just forget, don't discuss didn't it. Didn't want to discuss it. Right. And for us as African Americans in this country at that stage, mm-hmm. you knew you could not get conviction of a white person to killing a black person. Right. So God was your vindicator. Right. And I remember asking my mom when I was a little girl, you know, to um, what happened to the people that killed Denise? And mom's like, I don't know. Right. Um, and I'm like, what you mean? You don't know. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, she said, Well, you know. God will be our good indicator. He will mm-hmm. make that justice mm-hmm. for that. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh-uh, on TV, when somebody kills That's somebody, right. they, they go to jail. They, like in an right. hour, they like, figured out. We don't get right. that, you know, right. what's up with that? And um, But I remember, you know, that being the case for us. So mm-hmm. I would imagine as African-Americans, you do 
go to Christ because he is the only one because you know the system did not work for us at that point. Right. So rather than talk about it and be upset, you just don't talk about it. So when Spike Lee came to the Four Little Girls documentary, Mm -hmm. um, there were people in the church I had known but never put together, oh, that's Carol, um, Cynthia Wesley's sister. That's crazy. Um, mm. and like there was a girl named Junie Collins Peavy. Her sister was mm-hmm. uh, Addie Mae Collins and Sarah okay. Collins. And but by the time I grew up and knew her name, her last name was, was Peavy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know mm-hmm. that that's who that was. Right. And then, I, but people would always say that's crazy, Junie, because she was kind of staring at <laughs> the space. She would right. kind of look up, right. and we would laugh at her. Right. But it wasn't until Spike Lee came to do the Full Little Girls documentary that I had I learned that she, her parents didn't go identify her sister's body. She did. And the only way she could identify it was by the shoes she had. She didn't look like Which her. wouldn't be which why would do that. she could be so, as crazy as she wanted yeah. to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Because you're a 16 year old, you're not supposed to see that. Right. right. That's exactly right. So, yeah. did all the family stay at the church? Because I, um, I, I wonder if I would be able to do that if I would say, Ms. I'm not going to be. The Robinson the family did not. But Miss Robinson would always come back for like church anniversary. Right. And she'd always make a big deal over me and love on me. Right. And I didn't get for a while Robinson till I went to her house. To take us something for my mama, uh-huh. and above her mantelpiece was this big picture of Carol. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, that's the Miss Robertson." Oh, okay. Oh, oh. now and is that all makes this kind of stuff? Why she's right. always making a big deal over me, mm-hmm. and she loves me so because I reminded her of the little girl that she didn't get to raise. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was very interesting. Very the whole things at so many levels too. That's amazing. Now, is is this kind of stuff stuff people have to watch this podcast for? Or is it in the book? Or it's in the book. Okay, it's, I don't okay. know. If all of that's in the book, but most right. of a good bit of that's in the book. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, what was it like? Uh, we know where you went to school, but where did tell our audience where you went to school and and what was it like growing up? Growing up was really cool. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's real sweet to me, so growing up was cool. Mm-hmm. So I started out as at public school uh, in my neighborhood which was all black, predominantly mm-hmm. black. I did have a couple of white teachers. Right. What part of Birmingham is that? It's or? in the uh, western section. It's right, and you got Midfield, okay. and then you got where we lived, which was a, its own city called Roosevelt at one point. Okay. And then it was annexed into Birmingham, so now it's the neighborhood of Roosevelt. Okay. And then you got Brighton, so we're kind of okay. sandwiched in okay. between that. And your mom was a teacher My mom was a school. teacher, too. Mm-hmm. She okay. was in the Birmingham City School okay. System. Okay. When Denise was living, she was at uh, Center Street School. Okay. And then she, after we came along, she was at Jones Valley Elementary School. That's what she was. Uh-huh. Um, but my dad had always wanted us to, you know, when segregation ended and black people could go and do right. like they want to, right. he wanted us to have the best education possible. Okay. And he tried to get us, and what I didn't know until I grew up, he tried to get us in Advent Episcopal Day School okay. early on. He tried to get me in there. Right. And you have to, you have to go and take a test. Right. And they wouldn't accept me. They said I didn't pass the test. Right. So who had four-year-old kindergarten can't pass a test to get in kindergarten? You get in kindergarten. Right. And your mom was a teacher, and you learned right. to write cursive before you go to first grade. Right. So y'all know what that was. Yeah. Right. But they get, so I went to public school, and then he, but he kept trying. So when my sister got 
old enough that she was going to be in four-year kindergarten because that's when school started. Mm-hmm. We all went back up there and took tests, and they um, we passed, and they enrolled us in Advent. So this maybe three years or makes that much of a difference after desegregation. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, it, everything starting to kind of come together. Yeah, and, and open up. And open yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And so you and your both your – Kim went there as well, right, yeah. for K-4. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and it's predominantly white. So mm-hmm. did you have any other black friends in – there was one other little – Yeah, yes. one other little girl. Well, yes. Now, we were not I the first that. blacks, okay. okay, but we were near the first. Mm-hmm. Like, there might have okay. been, like, two, three years ahead of us, people ahead of us, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a whole lot of us over right. there. So in mm-hmm. my class, it was just one other black person. And for uh-huh. the rest of the time I was there, it was either one other black. I think the third and fourth grade, there were four of us. Right, but then it went back to being like one. Okay, other, huh. one other black other than me. So, so, so how was the transition? Like, did I mean you were little, so you might have missed some of it. But mm-hmm. when things started opening up, I mean, your dad immediately says, "Hey, I want to get them in this really good white Christian school," mm-hmm. and which would not have been possible just a few years before. Right. right. I mean, so I mean that had to be like. And this is this is a whole new world. What's interesting about it is because I was born in '64, I have no recollection of uh, why why being told no, only being told no. So when people we when things would open up, we would just go because Daddy was a legislator by that time, right? And we would go, and you know, other people around us like y'all got to go to that place. Right. Well, they don't let black people in there. Right. And so and we you were don't know anything test. different. You, but you, you just, don't know anything yeah. different. You going with your parents and we going to the club today right. to have dinner with somebody. Yeah. Right. You, all you know is it's a free meal. Right. And it's right. you know, <laughs> exactly. you get to go out. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you don't put right. together till you go tell somebody. Right. And then, right. then they explain to you how what a monumental thing that is that you've right. just done. Right. So. Yeah, that really yeah. is there were a lot amazing. Of, we were the first to do yeah. this. We were right. the first to go there. Right. I even remember when the Galleria was open. You remember when mm-hmm. the Galleria first opened. Right. And I thought Did the Galleria was the... You remember. I remember. So I mean, I, <laughs> it was a whole thing. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Like, right. it was the bomb. Right, right. you like, had to go. Right. I've spent so much money at the Galleria. <laughs> I, that should be part of my name on something. Okay. <laughs> but I remember when I first started going, my girlfriends, I asked a couple of girlfriends, you want to go in? Can't go there. Really? Well, white people want to go there. I was like, I'm I'm going and I'm not white. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go all lot. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. And part of mine was I worked for the Greater Birmingham Convention and Visitors okay. Bureau. At 14, my dad said, "You need a job." And mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. "Really? What did I do?" Right. And uh, <laughs> it, so I went to Alabama School of Fine Arts my freshman year, and mm-hmm. he would pick me up two days out of the week, take me to. Uh, Greater Birmingham Convention and Visitors Bureau, and they would put me to work doing whatever, whatever. little things. And uh, oh, Lisa, you're uh, throwing things. So sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it was just very interesting, mm-hmm. you know. To and so because of working with the Convention Bureau, their job is to promote Birmingham, promote mm-hmm. conventions, promote mm-hmm. hotels. Mm-hmm. So we were always able to go to the newest hotels anyway first, and mm-hmm. the staff. Right. And the newest venues. And so we got to go to everywhere. Everyone knew we got to go first. Right. So it was not uncommon for me to do that. That was just mm-hmm. the way right. things worked. Right. Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. Right. So. But when you went back to other folks and they said, oh, we're not supposed to go there. And you're like, 
Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And so uh, they, they started. They, they started trying it and all yeah, this kind yeah, of stuff. And they were like, like, great. Yay. Great, great. But how much of your early, because your years in elementary school were actually, it seems like, formed who you are a lot because that was your, I mean, you, you lived in, you know, the black culture and you went to school in a very white culture. So mm-hmm. those two really inform who you are. And, and throughout the book, you have an interesting perspective because you experience both at mm-hmm. a time where not a lot of people got to. So how, I mean, maybe even like going to the Galleria, you're like, go to school with these white people they're really not that bad you know like they're not scary and so you go to the galleria you were really fortunate to have that yeah yeah and it seems like that was purposeful on your dad's part as well it probably was i don't know that he knew how vast or how big that was but i think it did give us an opportunity to flow in and out of cultures very seamlessly Right. Not always at first. Right. Not right. always at first. Because I remember when they told us we were going to Advent, right. that I was like, have you lost your mind? Right. You going to send me to school with white people that killed my sister? Yeah. Right. And right. I knew, where well, I went to school near the neighborhood, I could walk home. I knew the route. Right. There wasn't a route from Roosevelt City to downtown Birmingham. Right. That's a drive. That's a drive. And Daddy drove us in every so day. So what was that first day like? Like you're, I was the, scared to death. Yeah. And, and, and a little pissed off because I was like, <laughs> They'd have lost their mind. Right. Just send me a coffin and die. And um, <laughs> like, take care of And then she's like, "Been take care of your sister." I'm like, "She gonna be like on another floor, and I gotta take care of her." I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be she's dead. Gonna die too. A lot of responsibility for an eight year old. Right. Okay. Um. So I was nervous. I yeah. was really, really nervous. But you know, I'd made up my mind that everything was gonna be okay, and God was gonna be with me. But if for some reason Jesus left, I was giving a white person tried to take me out. They was going down with me. Wait, I and know you that's did. Not, you punched a boy. I did have to punch a boy. Yes, first, I took me down. First day. No, it was several weeks in. It was like Larry? And it was or? just like, he didn't like me for being there. And I was like, you know, dude, let's just leave it alone. And he would not leave it alone. Right. So we went out and met in the, co- in the schoolyard. I went on the playground. And he hit me, and then I punched him in the nose, and he went crying, and I had no problem out of me ever since then. You know, the book never says, <laughs> did your mom story. find out? Oh, oh good. Okay, good. You would have been dead. This is what I wanted to know. No, but she was really worried that her mom, because her mom always told her yeah. to act like a lady. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. like my mom's first words to every teacher I had, at least till I got to high school, was if Lisa cuts up, Beat her behind. Yep. And then call me, and when she got home, I'm going to beat it again. Yeah. So that was like. <laughs> That's day the same one conversation that happened yeah. here. So, you yeah. know, you knew not to go cut up. Right. You had just a level of where you could cut up because you was going to have to hear about it when you got home. Right. Much less punch some boy in the face. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what yeah. on the list. I and love I was it. not being but nonviolent. He, I, I love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> he started it. He, he started it. it. I'm okay with that. I mean, okay otherwise, with that. your experience there was actually really fabulous. And you made some right. good friends. Fabulous. Yeah. Just wonderful. The school, the administration treated us well. Mm-hmm. The students were great. Um, I know people back from that I'm friends with mm-hmm. now from back mm-hmm. then. Uh, the education. Mm, was yeah. so wonderful mm-hmm. because what happened was I went to second grade at the public school 
And it was a disaster. And it wasn't mm. just a disaster because of that school. The school was a good school, but the teacher at the time mm. was not good. Right. So when I got the advent and took the test, they said, we can put her in the third grade, but she's going to struggle because right. so much she didn't know. But right. as a second grader, I knew that I didn't learn anything. I remember the really? whole yeah. year. Because it because I was a sponge. I wanted to learn. So right. first grade was great. You were already that, that kid. That right. kid, right. And second grade, the first part of second grade, I had a white teacher. And it was great. She had the first white teacher, so it was a little right. scared that first day. Right. But she was great, and she taught us so much, and it was right. great. And then they transferred her around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And we got merged with another class. Well, there was another white teacher. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what she was pissed because she had too many children. Right. <laughs> you know, she was going teaching at a black school. She, I don't right. know why she was angry. Right. But, but she, she wasn't happy to be there not no day <laughs> right. that she taught us. So basically, she babysat us. We watched PBS, watched TV, right. watched Sesame that Street. That sounds on like TV. a modern education. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and um, we, we, she wrote sentences, and I never forget. She would have sentences on the board, and she would, you would come in, and she would have them already written out. And it was like blank swims in the ocean, and it had a blank where you're supposed to fill in. And at the end of the sentence was a picture of what you're supposed to write, spell the name of what it was. Right. And it was a whale. I can't tell you how many times she put that same example up the <laughs> whole the same whale. <laughs> I will never forget I spelled whale as long right. as I live. I I okay? And so I knew that I hadn't gained any more knowledge. I hadn't right. learned anything extra. And things I was supposed to learn in second grade, my mom had already taught me, so it was going to be a repeat anyway. Right. But she didn't even get through them. So when they were, they my parents asked me, are you going to be okay having to repeat? The second grade, which you know, at that age, it can be shameful. You're like, oh, wait, right. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fail. know you right. failed. But um, I I knew that I didn't learn anything, so I told them, yeah, it's okay to go back to second grade. Right. And I'm so glad I did. Oh. Learned so much, right? So much. And so you stayed at Advent through eighth grade. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then from there, you went back to the public schools. And what kind yeah. of you you wanted to go back? I wanted to go back to public schools. I didn't so much want to go back to public schools. I wanted to go where there were more black people. Right. And it wasn't really? that I didn't like the white people. It was, was not no, tell, that. Uh, yeah, tell me you about know, that. I'm 14. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the other girls already started flirting with the guys in class. And keep in mind, my graduating class was 12. I think it was 12 at right. that bit. So, and I think only five of them were boys. So, somebody's going to get left out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, already fights on the playground. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but... At that point, 1978-79, black guys weren't going to date a white a black girl. White guys weren't going to date a black girl. Right. You couldn't take you out. Couldn't bring you right. home. Even right. if they liked you and thought a lot of you. Right. That wasn't going to happen. And I wanted to go out. I wanted to have right. a boyfriend. I wanted right. to date. And if I had stayed in a white, predominantly white school, mm-hmm. that at that time would not have happened. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that things are different now when I see right. my kids. My friends kept, kept posting their kids, and they're mm-hmm. mixed all up, and I think it's right. great. And, you know, dating other people that don't look like them, I think that's right. awesome. But my dad wanted me to go to Altamont, which is mm. also a really great yeah. school. Okay. And he took the test for that. Right. Always taking tests. Yes. And um, I passed, and I won a full scholarship to go. And then I told him I wasn't going. Ooh, it was so mad. Oh, it was so mad. But if I had gone out of the whole school, I would have only been the third black in 
the school. In the whole school. In the whole school. Hmm. There Which was is, a boy and a girl already going ahead of me. That's worse then, than Advent. I mean, Advent. Yeah, that's had, way yeah. worse than Advent. Yeah. Way right. worse than Advent. And then, but then by that time, you know, probably most black people would go back to their, you know, their schools. Right. And there was a lot of my contemporaries who went to uh, Ramsey and mm-hmm. John Carroll, which were much mm-hmm. more integrated. And I mm-hmm. wanted to go there. But my dad had this weird thing about Catholic school, so I couldn't go to John Carroll, right. which is really my choice A. And Ramsey was my choice B. But by this time, he was pissed with me. Right. Because I didn't do Because he just he got you on a scholarship. Right. And scholarship to the, the best yeah. high school in the state, yeah. and you yeah. don't want to go. Right. <laughs> and so I'm surprised it, he didn't say, uh, you're going. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> I really am. Right, right. Did it right. take the whole summer for him to say, finally calm down? You were, were you being really, just, really nice? I don't know, because I probably waited to the last minute to say, oh, I don't want to go. Right. But my mom was probably behind me at that point, because she was never into the private school. She was, really? she was okay. a public school teacher, and she knew that there were some good public schools and good right. public schools. And she, and also, that was a lot for her to send her kids off to school. Yes. With some right. white kids that she didn't know, with some parents she didn't know. Right. often she would ask me, cause, and usually she'd send me to another, back going to public school, there would have been somebody at that public school that she knew. Yes. Right. The, the black the, the, the mom network had, and all right, that. Right, 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 right. And, but she never knew anybody, any of the teachers at Advent. Mm-hmm. Like, she would often say, did you have a white teacher yet? Like, no. Have you seen any white teachers yet? I mean, any black teachers yet? Right. I was like, no. It's like, not one. I said, no, ma'am. Uh-huh. So black people in the kitchen, in the cafeteria, but there's not nobody in this classroom. Right, right. And I remember in the seventh grade, I had a substitute teacher for like three days who was black. That was the only black that teacher was it. I ever really? had. Really? Yeah. So so you go to public school. What public school did you go the to? The first one, well, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, what, 14, trying to figure this out all by myself and nobody to help me. Um, I, I drew well and I loved art. So uh, I got in Alabama School of Fine Arts. Daddy mm-hmm. thought that was cool, so he was right. helpful in the process. Right. Right. Okay, so and but you had to audition for that too. Mm-hmm. So I I passed and got in the audition. So I got in Alabama School of Fine Arts, and so I went there for a year, and it was just so odd. It was odd and different, and I think that whole change from you know seven years at Advent being right. the same, right. and then just the transition from elementary right. to high right. school, right. right? And then it's a, a whole bunch of whammy. school right. with people I didn't well, go it's, to it's school art, with. It's artsy too. Yeah, it's artsy, right. and I, although I did art, I wasn't really artsy. Right. Not not really. Not that kind of artsy. That's just really one who I was. Right. And um, my baby sister was. She should have gone there. They should have taken her there. But um. So it was just, I was very traumatizing because it just didn't flow. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day I was supposed to start my sophomore year, I was pressing clothes in the laundry room to go. And my mom must ask me how I was doing or how much long was I going to be. One of those questions, you know, mm-hmm. they ask you. And I started crying. Aww. And I was like, I can't. I just can't. Right. I can't. She's like, you can't what? And I was like, I can't go. I just can't go. Can't go where? Back to that school. I don't want to go back to that school. I just right. can't. And I just kept screaming and crying. Right. I can't. I can't. And she was like, why? 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 I don't know. I just can't. I just can't. Now, you have to understand. I was a child. If your mom said do something, you mm-hmm. went and did it just like she said do it. Right. You didn't ask yeah, no right. questions. You didn't right. book the system. Right. You just did it. Right. So for me to have a meltdown threw the whole house into chaos. Because right. that was not normal. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And then she ran and was like, Chris, 
Miss Lisa cry. I will watch her cry. She says she can't go to school. Well, what? I don't know. She won't tell me. She won't tell me. And what am I supposed to do? So they both come running. Right. Why can't Well, I mean, so? as a parent, and, yeah. you know, like, just, you're, like, thinking the worst. Yeah, yes. thinking the worst. Yeah. 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 And it yeah. wasn't. I didn't know unless I so blocked it out. So <laughs> hindsight, maybe we could have shut it down. I bet your mom was like. Well, I mean, and then going through what she went through with your sister, you don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. worked in your favor, though. They're like, yeah. if she's really scared, we're going to take her out. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had thought that far. <laughs> I wish I had been planning enough. Well, right. Then you I would have said, I want to go to John Carroll High School. Uh, yeah. I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid every day. All I just knew, I didn't want to go. Right. And so then I went back to public school. And the closest public school to where we lived was Midfield High School, okay. which okay. was at that time predominantly white, maybe 65% white, 35% black. Mm-hmm. And most of the black kids had been bussed in. All I knew is, I was going to go was near my house. I could walk home. Mm-hmm. It would be some people there that I knew from the neighborhood. Right. And maybe some black people. And I might get to go to the prom. That's right. all That's I really all know. you're worried about. Well, I I, really, that, yes. that's kind of normal. Yeah, yeah, no. Teenage, 15 year old girl. Yeah. And uh, I get there, and that was a whole culture shock. Culturally, it was different. And as somebody who's been around a lot of white people, I'd never been around a lot of white people who probably didn't really like me. And right, there I was. Because right. you're with people who don't even care to get to know you. Right. Or, or no, right. they're in a social different economic okay. different realm. Okay. You know, everybody at Advent was cool. You know, you mm-hmm. were kind of in the middle class. And so, right. you know, and and whether they liked you or not at home, mama had said, be nice to that black girl when you go right. to school, don't clown. Right. Um, right. And so I didn't have that. Uh-huh. But by the end of the first day, one of the black students said, you know, we have Klan here. And if you ask them, ask them, they'll show you their membership card. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I was thinking, this might be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> can I get, go Maybe back to the end? Can I go back to the end? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> You're like, uh, this is not uh, going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try to die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I, I, you know, I, I had done it by that time. There was no more grace applied. Right, right, right. You know. was that, no that's like out. you're going wherever no, you, you, wow. you go. You're wearing going. me out. Right, right. Yeah. So what do you do with that? I mean, you just go to school and do your homework, do what you like you're supposed to. Right. That's what you do. How was the black community? And because you had been immersed in this white culture for all these years. So how was that going you know, now that's what you were seeking out is more mm-hmm. to know more about your culture and black culture and black right. people. Was that an easy? No, that no. was hard. And that was hard, I think, for one big reason. Um, think about now, like you've got kids and let's say they go to Hoover, they go to whatever elementary school that is, and they right. go to Hoover High. Pretty much that same cluster of people are going to the same. Place. Right here, I am get dropped in the place mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. You're not, I don't know any you're not of those anybody's people. group, right. white folks, black I, folks, whatever. Yeah, I right. don't know any of those people. They don't know me at all. Cause see, I went to Advent. You had to be there at eight forty five, eight forty. Got out at two thirty. Left there, went to my dad's photography studio, which was downtown. Stayed there till he got off at five. Mm-hmm. Went home at five thirty, 
it's time to eat dinner, do all that doggone homework they gave you. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to even see your friends until summer and then at um, and on the weekends. So that meant that much disconnect connect disconnects you mm-hmm. from what you the people you knew. It's just like you go off to college and you right. come home. If you come back to Birmingham, if you're going off to college, it's going to take you kind of years to connect with those people again because they don't yes. see you every day. Right. They right. don't know you every day, and they're not familiar with it. So these people were unfamiliar with me at all, all the way. Right. Um, I was somebody that was on the news and people on the news. So you, you have that. Mm-hmm. So people think they can't connect with you. And then it was just different. It was The people were very, very different. The black people well, there were some in that were middle class, but some of them were mostly blue collar people. And right. keep in mind, they had been bust in there into this school with these people that didn't want them there. So right. they were nervous and scared. And then some of them, like my goal, I, where I grew up, all my parents said, well, when you get out of high school, you need to determine where you're going to college. Mm-hmm. There were people like, what you going to do after graduation? Go home and relax and be glad I'm out of this place. Mm-hmm. And there was no goal or I'm going right. to work in the plant or I'm right. going to work in this, you know, so that and I just didn't. And then I'm talking white and I'm having all these mannerisms and everything in white culture. I don't fit in at all. I don't fit in at all. So I made a couple of friends with a couple of white girls that were really nice. Um, there was my friend Octavia. Love her. She um, had gone to Catholic school. And for some reason, her mom and daddy put her in midfield, had her go to midfield. I think because the black high school that her brother and sister who were older than her had closed and that's where they bust these kids Mm, from. And so she probably sent her there with her older siblings. So me and Octavia were cool and we kind of could relate, you know. But it was very hard. It was very hard. It was a lot of walking down the hall by myself and um, didn't get asked to the prom, didn't get asked out. There was this one guy that liked me. And the night of the prom, we were on the phone talking to each other on the phone because he never asked me to prom. And uh, never had a date the whole high school time. So that was a complete waste of time. Uh, uh, there was a couple of white guys there that it was fine, but you know they weren't gonna ask you out. But they was good looking. Uh, <laughs> um, so made friends with them. And, uh, one guy he texted me yesterday. We still talking, and oh. I was like, "Oh, if you only knew, I sat next to you in the chemistry yeah. first to pass, but just because you look good." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, that's good. Uh, mm. And then the the guy that was a black guy, you know, we talked afterwards. Like after we graduated. Then he took me out for dinner. I was like, really? Uh, now we could have gone to prom. Could have gone to prom. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, what about prom? Like, right. Really? Uh, really? Right. Come on, dude. But it, I... I oh, we're not the smartest. Always, right? It's okay. I mean, yeah. okay. Sometimes okay. you're a little clueless. Yeah, that's what my friend <laughs> yeah. Alonzo says. He says, you know, don't hint with a man. You just got to tell him because yeah. we don't understand it. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. we don't understand I watch my We're going like, to get the wrong... Yeah, we're not going to get it. Right. So I went from there, um, that, but I made the best of it. You know, I learned to make friends. I joined mm-hmm. student council. And my junior year, you got to run to see who's going to be the president of student council for mm-hmm. senior year. And I wanted to run. So I ran, which meant getting elected through the whole student body. Right. And I ran against a white girl. And I beat her. 
hands down. High five. Well, hey. Wow. Wow. And, 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 and what was beautiful about that was the black kids, like I had was one sweet black friend, Mary. And Mary's like, well, yeah, I'm going to vote for you, you know, but you know you're not going to win because they're not going to support you because right. they don't want us here. And uh-huh. I said, but now, I don't think that's true. I said, if all y'all vote for me, I know I got all the black people. Right. And I think I think a lot of these white people like me okay. And I can right. win on some right. of them. Right. And when I won, she came down the hall and she hugged me and there were tears uh-huh. in her eyes. Because it was a moment of hope for her. Yes. To, mm-hmm. to, to just, like, don't think the negative. Think positive. Yes. Right. If you fight hard enough, you can win. Right. So that was president of the student body. And uh, at, the, at the senior year, they gave an award of the best student, male student and best female student of Midfield High School. Right. The city gave that award to the student. Right. And I won for the female. Look at now you what go. Year, what, what year was that That's in, awesome. in Midfield? Midfield in 83. Midfield in 83. Mm. I think people people will be surprised to know that story. Yeah. But that's a story that should be told, in my my opinion. And that's in my book. Yeah. It's a wonderful story. Yeah. What do you mean I would know that? (laughs) You were probably in high school at Gardendale. I was starting high school that year. Yeah, you probably started. I started. Yeah. yeah, Because I graduated in 87. Yeah. My sister graduated in 86. So how have you... Like, how have you come to terms with, and Amy Beth, I'm going to pull you in to this, if that's okay. Okay. Do you want me to or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's too late now. We got to talk about it. Because now you started it. Yes. <laughs> because Amy Beth, you know, it, I would be interested to hear both of y'all talk about this because Amy Beth's adopted, and we've talked about this on yeah. the yeah. podcast, and, cool. and her mom is white and her dad is black. And so she grew up kind of like, where do I fit to? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's different. She was but, Italian. She actually, her adoptive parents told her she was Italian. Well, that's what they were told. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they were told. But she's uh, definitely, we'll have to show you a picture yeah. of her dad. She's definitely not Italian. Yeah. <laughs> or of her when she And if she we go was, outside and it gets real humid and hot, you'll have oh, to tell oh. me. Oh, we can just, you know, yeah. right here in the back, you can yeah. see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to know yeah. some stuff yeah. you just can't add. Yeah. yeah. She, <laughs> you see my kid's hair and you'd be like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I don't know <laughs> how you really believed you were Italian. You, you, but she kind of looks like a child. She does, you know, does she? Does. You know, when hair, I was the younger, skin, the darker skin. I, I, this sounds crazy, and I'll show you a picture when we're off the air. But I mean, I was much darker when I was younger. You were, yes, was v- with with extremely curly hair, and then with the Revlon and sitting at the hair salon right. with Rose doing my hair, and it, you know, you got burn marks on your scalp, and you right. did all the things. But anyway, you you grew up, you know, you're right. You grew up not knowing where you fit in because I recognize, like I was telling your son, like growing up, I was like, Soledad O'Brien, I identify with her. I look Mm -hmm. like her. Mm -hmm. There's only a few black kids where I went to school. Mm -hmm. And, And you're right. You know, you start to like somebody. And this rarely happened because I love my friends and I love the way I grew up. I didn't know where I fit. But... I would hear, well, you're you're too dark. They're not going to date you. Yeah, and that hurt. Yeah, yeah, and that really hurt. Yeah. Um, and so when I met Chris, he was like, I don't, I didn't even think think about it. Yeah. Right. I just liked <laughs> that's you, your husband, and that's my husband, mm-hmm. and I, I just liked you. And so that that's the beautiful thing is growing, relating to one another as humans. Yeah. But understanding because I'm, you know, I was born in '72. But my birth mom and I have had conversations about the very thing you're discussing mm. that, you know, 
she was dating a black guy and that was uh, um, was born up north and so that was taboo she's like that's not exactly something people were thrilled to see us out together mm-hmm. so we loved each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i'm like well i'm here so thank you right you know yeah, yeah. but i i completely relate to that of not knowing where you fit yeah but i love your story because you're right it's hope and cheering for you when you won that award i mean the bravery just as a girl to run for something and then to run and you're new in school and you've built that friendship base and then you win that's beautiful yeah that is beautiful and then to win the award for midfield for the town that is also beautiful that's inspiring thank you thank you so at some point like so i want to read because this is kind of and i might tear up while i read this but at the end of the of your book, it's one of the last chapters. If I can read this for a second, I'm not great reading out loud. But I mean, you say, either, so you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. You say, human beings can be so cruel to one another, but the rejection I felt has stayed with me even, to di- even until today because there is a white girl inside of me. I cannot dispute that, and I'm comfortable with her. It's part of what makes me who I am and gives me a wonderful perspective on life. I can integrate myself into lots of settings with a wide variety of people. But make no mistake, I will forever be black. No one can take that history or experience for me. All black folks aren't alike. No one can paint us with a wide brush. I used to feel bad that I didn't fit in for so long and acted and sounded more white than black. But God doesn't make mistakes. I'm very comfortable in my skin now and love both sides of me. Both sides of me help me every day. They've made me a much better communicator with a perspective on both sides, black and white, and it allows me to be a peacemaker in a lot of situations. I wouldn't change a thing, but it took me a long time to get to that place. Mm. And I just think Mm. that's like such a beautiful, and for both of you, like, and, you know, Amy Beth was like Miss Alabama and has had this, you know, great life, you know, from the outside, but it's a reminder that we're all struggling and we all have to make peace with, our stories and who we are and, but how freeing and like, look at what you're doing now. You know, I think it's amazing where you've gotten to this place that you really are. Like whether it's just this podcast and me and you and Tyler and Amy Beth and Scott, you know, that you're a peacemaker and that we can have this conversation. And when we went to lunch or breakfast the other day, I left and I was like, I love it because she just, she just says it, you know? And, Oh, and one of the favorite parts in your book is you're like, I finally just decided I was going to start asking these white people these questions that I didn't know. I <laughs> and yes. she's like, no, she it's like my favorite. Because right. you're like, That's, yeah. where y'all going when you go to the lake? Like, there's right. only one lake in the right. world. Like, y'all say, we're going right. to the lake this weekend. Like, where is this lake? And I was like. The lake, right. The lake, right. And then I found out it was more than one. Yeah. Why did just say You don't know how. I have a black friend. And. We have that relationship because I'm like, like, what are y'all talking about? Yeah. He says, it's this. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, is it exactly, I would think it's very similar because there's, so let, me, so let me ask, because it jumps off of that. How do we have this feeling that, or, or why are we having this time in our country where we're kind of being separated when we're, when we really shouldn't be? There's, there, we have so much in common and it's like people are trying to make us be separated instead of together. We ought to have those conversations. You're asking, mm-hmm. where's the lake? I'm asking you know, other kinds of things I don't understand. And sometimes he's like, Scott, no, you can't. Or, <laughs> or whatever. I mean, we were going to go play basketball somewhere and he's like, no, 
No. Oh, he, said, I, he said, he said, I'm black. I'm not going there. Oh. You know, and, and, but there's things, you know, we're looking out for each we other. And we about care. Your hair at breakfast. I had yeah. no clue what you have to do, you know, and, but yeah. you're scared yeah. to ask those questions. I know. Yeah, you you got to like, have somebody. Said, oh, I don't want to buy touching my hair. I the black people. And I was like, no, y'all can touch my hair every day. I want to have the conversation about right. the hair. Mm. I want right. you to understand my hair and I want to understand your hair. Yeah. Right. You know, it's very informative. It's so funny. I go to Dawson. So mm-hmm. we went to a mission trip in Hawaii. I know that doesn't even really sound right. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to get a mission trip. Right. We were at the West you were End. Oh, yeah, I know. For the choir. Yeah. We, 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 we gave love with our voices. And, uh, so I had braids because I'm like, I'm not getting up doing my hair every day for 10 days and that right. heat. Mm-hmm. And so I got back on the bus. We're on a motor coach traveling and a couple of women were behind me were already on the bus. And I said, hey, so what bus wasn't full? And all of a sudden in the back, I feel somebody touching my hair. And I turned and like, we're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we just had to touch it. We just want to touch it. But it didn't bother. Yeah. I mean, right. I wish she had said, said yeah, I touch your hair, hair, please. Yeah. Right. But I want you to ask questions right. about the hair. Yeah. The hair right. is a whole thing on and of itself, you know. Right. But if I don't have conversation with you about that, I don't know. Right. You know, like right. growing up when I went to Advent, you know, the white kids said they washed their hair every day. And I was thinking that's torturous. I can't wash my hair every day. <laughs> because I had yes, to wash ma'am. our hair. And then my mom had to take that hot comb right. and, mm-hmm. and that's press what I didn't the know curls about. out. Mm-hmm. And with the steam and the heat coming out. You have to do that every day if you do? No, that's why you don't wash it every yeah, day. You don't, you know, no, you don't you touch it. it. No, you, and you roll it up and you put oil on your scalp and everything. You know, it's a process. It's a whole thing. It's a really? whole thing. Did you have to do that? So I straightened it. Mm-hmm. But I still, we still had a hot comb. You still had to sit under the bonnet and, and like do the big old rollers, rollers. and then sleep with the pink rollers yep. and do the pink. And, and then you left it. And if you got yeah. rained on, oh, it's oh, very bad if you got rained. Yeah, you got run out of the rain. This is yeah. not where you were going with your comment, but this Sorry. is like fascinating. I know, really. Yeah, I'm but I really like, yeah. She took good care of me and taught me how to take care of my hair. But oh, for the love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then basically that was because we'd been taught that our blackness was ugly. Right. And so that you this had to was ugly. It. And then so you had to straighten it. I remember I had a cousin in the 70s who had an afro. And mom was like, oh, my God. Afro was wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, she goes back to the pressing curl. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> But I mean, this is how it comes out. It comes right. out curling, coily yeah. like that. Right. You know, I wake up, I put some stuff on it. I keep. I'm so free now that mm. I decided to free myself from right. trying to make my hair look like yours because it right. don't look like yours. Right. And right. what's funny is my best friend growing up, she had beautiful like Taylor Swift curls, mm-hmm. and that's all I wanted. I didn't want straight hair. I and we wouldn't let our yeah. kids. We we literally, when they were born, we shook hands over our firstborns little bassinet and we said we are not touching yeah their hair yeah we won't touch their hair which is why from time to time will has this huge hair <laughs> he does he loves hair. it right. i'll show you like right. cool. huge hair and i'm like yes you go right. you know okay but you were getting to like the deeper the deep, side sorry, of that sorry. which right. is like we have to start having these conversations about some of the harder things we have to ask questions that people are afraid to ask right, right. just to, to just to figure it out just to know right, oh right. that's that's why People think this, or right. why there's because there's this whole movement on, about black hair, and I'm yeah. like, what's the big deal? But if people were taught that hey, that that hair is ugly, 
I understand the point. But since I don't know that, I'm like, this is well, what? Who right. cares? Yeah. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, you do you. I mean, yeah. I'm just yeah. hoping to keep hair. I mean, <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand like. the arguing about, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but and that's part of it. So yeah. when you know that, you're like, okay, I can see a little bit. Y'all, somebody might be taking a little far, but I get the point. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got to do. Yeah. John yeah. Rogers used to, I know you know John. John yeah. used to tell me, we're, we're, we're pretty close, and he would tell me some of those things. Hey, you got to understand this. Yeah, I think so. that that's just part of it. And I think also part of it is our education is being lacking of not having the civil rights history and not knowing black right. history. You know, I'm uh-huh. I'm around white people all the time. Okay. Right. I probably am around white people more than I'm around black people. Um, because I have lots of black white friends. I have uh-huh. church friends, work friends, right. and we just are close. But and they've been, they've been, they appreciate me because they said, Lisa, we can talk to you and ask you a question um, because we know you'll come at it with a place of love and you'll explain it to us. Mm-hmm. So in the last like five or six years, I've answered so many questions about just basic black American history that white people don't know. Mm-hmm. I think was, there was a piece of history taken out that let didn't let people know how bad it was for us and mm-hmm. certain things that came down legally through mm-hmm. our government, through our uh, right. system, like reconstruction, reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that in, in reconstruction, the state of Alabama had several congressmen who were black and, mm-hmm. and senators. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. reconstruction got re reconstructed back the other way. And mm-hmm. what we just got one now and, and no senators. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't come back up because there were laws put in place so that things like that could not come up. But right. you can't know that right. if you don't know what happened during reconstruction to right. know when you see things happen that look right. like that again. So so to wrap, wrap it all back up, because we'll have to end here in a second. Cool. No, Somebody- you just have to leave. Well, I don't know if I want to. He doesn't want to be out of the conversation. How are we going to have Well, if Scott has to leave, because I still have a few more points. Well, so well, let me ask, he I'm ask my question then. So, okay, you ask, ask your question. question. So but when don't we talk leave about, when so when she started this with I'm his sorry. story, yeah. uh-huh. <clears throat> and his story was good. Scott loves um, it. So we're, we're talking about critical race theory and those kinds of things, and you're down there to, in the legislature trying to talk against legislation about divisive language. Mm hmm. We're on the side probably of we don't want divisive language. Right. And figuring out what divisive language is, because I think, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but you're like, wait a minute, we have history that needs to be taught. Otherwise, we won't know. And then on our side, we're like, wait a minute, we we can't teach that different groups are bad because they're white or they're extra good because they're black. And, And really going through all this, I think we figure out, hey, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. We should remember those things. And mm-hmm. we should remember there were people who were opposed to bad treatment and, mm-hmm. and, and just and teach. And I think that's what we all want is real, real whole, whole history yes. without yes. the slant on the militant side of, of either side. And because right. because my first response was, my goodness, that's 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 the history we get. We get we get a lot of civil rights. We get slavery. And there's more to America than slavery and civil rights. Mm-hmm. But that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's so we come to a, so, come to a compromise. It's an uncomfortable conversation because it's sad because it was it showed a time when hum, we as human beings, all supposed to be God friend people, right. didn't treat us each other very that's godly right. and that's like right. Jesus would want. And mm-hmm. so that's painful. It is. And it's hard to talk about. Right. But only where true healing could take place is to take all the stuff we sweep up under the rug out from right. under the rug and right. deal with it. 
Right. So, right. I okay, and this is funny because I hate you have to leave. Okay. But I, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. You just get up and walk out. Okay, and they're going to edit <laughs> like, me out? Yeah, Scott will disappear, but it's all You want me to edit good. me now? Yeah. We're gonna Can you, you like snap your fingers while I'm just gone? Uh, yeah, that'd be funny. Wait, but this. Oh, you just did it. Uh, and we're back. Minus Scott. I've never and sat in a Scott's new chair. chair. Does it feel powerful? I know, it feels weird. <laughs> it's the captain's chair. No, it feels good though, because I feel more on the inside. Okay. Like, and it's just us girls. So nice. Girl talk. Okay. <laughs> but it, he's going to hate this when he sees it. He's going to be like, oh. Girl girls. Yeah. Oh, girls. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> girls. Okay. But so this is where, I mean, it's in the whole book, which is so good. I cannot, we haven't really talked about I the book. I literally can't wait to read it. Y'all have got I to cannot go. cannot wait. It's called yes. Dear Denise, Letters to a Sister I Never Knew. Oh, there we go. And you can pre-order it on Amazon. It comes out until September 13th. 13th. Yeah, but people are getting theirs already. Oh, I mean, last then week, don't four be late in getting it. Said that they got theirs and they okay. read it. My best friend called me Saturday night. She said, "I just finished it. It's amazing. It's so good. It's oh, so please. good. Wait. And it's just it's it's eye opening. I think I texted you and told you like it's so normal. Like I don't know what I thought life looked like." on the other side yeah. or what you might live, you know, with your family, but it's just like my life growing up, yeah, yeah. you know, you talk yeah. about the same things, you wear the same things, you go the same places, you have the you same want worries, the same dates. you have the mm -hmm. same fears, you know? And it's like, it, I think that's so important in the grand scheme of things. So the book is amazing, but on what Scott said, was, you know, how we've got to have some of these hard conversations. And mm -hmm. the only thing in the book that I disagreed with was this one point where you talk about, um, and this brings it full circle to our committee meeting. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these conversations I think we have to have, but it's, you're talking about, you said, it reminds me of a debate we're having now in America. All across the country, schools are banning a concept they're calling critical race theory. The bans are vague. That is true. But they are basically saying they don't want our history taught because it might make white kids feel bad. It reminds me so much of how I was treated my senior year at Midfield. The truth is they don't want our story told. They don't want civil rights history told. And they don't want the truth told about how this country was, how this country treated African-Americans. Not for a year, not for two, not for a decade, but for centuries. What they don't want are white kids to really know the truth. Because if they did, our country would be very different. It's been suppressed for years. They have just now given a name to it and making laws about it to scare teachers from teaching true history, our shared American history. But we have the internet now, and they can't hide it forever because they can't shut that down. And I read that, and I was honestly kind of offended because that is so not at all when I think of and critical race theory is this term that is like, like I don't, I don't even, even really know what I, that means. I was, yeah. was going to ask yeah. you for your definition because I, I was like, I don't know what it is. I, it's it's. So I can't give you. It's a legal term that is yeah. not even. And so I think people say it just because everybody understands what you're talking about. But like, if that is what black people think when they see me or Tyler stand up, you know, in a, in support of that bill, that just pains me because that is not at all like I am so honored to tell your sister's story and to have these conversations and when you and I went to breakfast and we started talking about Emmett Till and just some of these mm. people Frederick Douglass and I was like you know what I really don't know what I need to know those are 
huge people in American yeah. history. Yeah. And I yeah. should know more. I should know more history in general. It was not my favorite. <laughs> and I regret that. But so like if that is how you feel, that is so painful because that is not at all. And I These, guess what I should have said, and I don't know what the beginning chapter or the last yeah. sentence, it's not everybody. Right. And, and, and I figured, and it's yeah. it's not all white people, but but there probably are some right. that don't want that to be told because it's painful. Because well, it makes nobody, you right. look bad, makes, makes your ancestors look bad. Right. And, 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 it's, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, I totally get that. Like, um... If you'll allow me, I want to share something. Oh, I would that love I've for you to. I've never shared. Oh, gosh. Um, but I think it relates to this yeah. point. So you asked me what's my earliest memory. And my earliest memory or knowledge is Denise was killed. But my first memory, the incident I remember without fail, crystal clear, is when my daddy left us for another woman. Yeah. So I'll never forget, we were having fish. My baby sister was in a high chair and my mom was sitting at the table and she was pinching the fish off the bones and putting it in front of her so she could eat. And they were having some mm. kind of argument, 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 argument. And I remember him getting mad. He grabbed a bunch of his things and he ran out the front door because here's the kitchen and ran out the front door. And mama must have run with after him and he left. And then she came and laid prostrate on the sofa in the mm. living room and just cried, cried, cried. And so I'm standing in the dining room watching all this take place. She's standing in the living room crying. And my sister's still sitting in a hot chair and nobody's giving her fish. So she's mad and she's crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there between two people crying and daddy's gone. And I'm like four mm -hmm. trying to figure out, okay, mm -hmm. what do I do? So that was painful. Mm -hmm. So almost of my life, what people don't know is Chris and Maxine Magnell argued a lot. They were not happy all the time. And we had to see that all the time. Fast forward to my, when I'm in my 30s, me and my daddy started walking every morning and exercise. Oh, and one of those mornings, mama had yelled or fussed at him. Now, think of it, I'm 30. I was four. Mm -hmm. So I'm 30-something. Mm -hmm. And I see, he said, why is she so angry? Why? I said, because you cheated on her and you came back. And when you came back, you didn't even apologize. You just came back like it was another day. Cause my mother took mm -hmm. me into her confidence and she told me all things that happened, you know? And, um, he said, that can't be it. I said, yes, it is. He said, but that was so long ago. Why should you even worry mm -hmm. about it? I said, but you never made amends yeah. for what happened. You just moved on. You just moved on. And I said, what well, would make so much different if you would go to her and apologize now, after all this time. And I was like, yeah, now, after all this time, because she truly loves you and you hurt her, but she stayed. Mm. She made a commitment to stay to you no matter what. Yeah. And so a few weeks by, he didn't go right then, but a few weeks after that, he apologized. And when I came home from work, mom said, you know what? Your daddy apologized. Aww. I said, what? Really? You know, like I didn't know. <laughs> and I, I, that is wonderful, mom. And going That's forward for good. that, it was a whole different relationship. Mm -hmm. So I look at that, what I ask God to show me what I can present to people when I'm talking about different difficult things that I can relate to. Because I feel if I can't relate to it, I can't ask you mm. to do be a part right. of it. So you've got black people for centuries who've been treated badly by people who own them and govern them. And they think, you know, people that they live right next to and near. And so, but 
so many things have not been made right because of that. So it's like daddy left. And for years he was, you know, that had contention amount, but not until we make it right. Are we going to be able to be healed? So what does that look like? Mm -hmm. That was my question. (sighs) I think it, it, it looks like, us not listening to all these crazy politicians that are trying to split us up and say ugly things. And for us, it's human beings when we see them and Christians to call them. No, we don't talk that. No, we don't say that. That's not right. You know, we can't, we can't do that. And, but then us as black people have to be a little bit more connecting and a little bit more open to y'all to see. But like I, I share with a lot of my audiences for the most part are often white predominantly. And one of the things I ask them to do is an exercise where I ask them to close their eyes and think of who is the person you call whenever you're sad? Who's the person you tell all your secrets to? Who's that girlfriend you're on the phone with all day long? Who's your uh, best man in your uh, wedding if you're a guy? Who is the maid or matron of honor? Um, who you go on a girl's trip with? Who are all those people? If none of those people are people of color, your circle is too. You can't relate to me if you don't know me. You can't appreciate me. You can't understand me if you're not in the circle with me and see what's going on and nor can I you. I just have, for me, the uh, opportunity has been given to me by my parents sticking us in Advent where I was with y'all every day. Mm-hmm. And I have friends, white friends now. I go spend the night with them. I travel with them. I stay with them. I know intimately what they are doing in their lives. And they are vice versa with me. I got a new friend, and she's an Asian friend. I'm so excited because I ain't never had an Asian friend before. <laughs> Stayed with her house and her husband. That was so great. And uh, she took me some of the best Chinese food I've ever had in my life. But I'm getting to know her. Right. One of my other dear friends is Indian, and I just love him to death. He's awesome. I'm getting to know him. We've got to spend time because you can't hate somebody you live with. Right. We've got to just get to know each other and t- sit down and have conversation and talk. And we're not going to yeah. get everything we want. We're not going to agree on everything. Right. Well, well I don't agree with every white person. No. I mean. I don't agree right. with any black yeah. person. There are a lot of white people that I really don't agree with. <laughs> yeah. But so we've got to remember. And, and as Christians, if this is a Christian platform. Right. You know, they remember those bracelets. Now, y'all might be too young. They used to have those bracelets. That, what would Jesus do? Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. What would Jesus do? Yeah. Would he really be happy if you're having a conversation about somebody like this and being rude and disrespectful to someone? No, Jesus wouldn't like that. Yeah. He would want you to. And if you see somebody saying that and you don't call them on it, then you're just as culpable as the person who's doing that. I just think back, you know, instead of everything CRT and all the buzzwords, you know, sometimes I think about it as a, a just a race based worldview as opposed to a biblical worldview, which, you know, is hard because I understand not everybody's a believer, not everybody's a Christian. Yeah. But as Christians, we do have a responsibility to see things through a biblical lens. And what does God say about humanity? What does God say about people and mm-hmm. races? And there's neither Jew nor Gentile. I mean, yeah, we're just. And so we're just one and, and it's hard. It's hard because I think about, um, like I up until, and I have two, 
two biological children. They're very white, very blue eyed, blonde hair. And then I have two very brown children, one from Guatemala and one from China. And so we're kind of this weird mix. And, you know, so I look and hear, you know, some of what they're saying is that, you know, I'm as their mom and dad, we're bad, you know, because we're white. That's just, you know, we're bad inherently just because of the color of our skin. And, and but that isn't right. They shouldn't no, say right. you're That's bad because you're white. Enemy. Right. Or you should say some of the stuff white people did back in the day was wrong. Oh, my goodness. But that does not mean white people are wrong. Right. Because everybody comes here with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, if they're if they're racist or they're hateful, that's learned behavior. Yeah. And what you learned, you can also unlearn. And it's like your daddy says in the end of the book, you say, you know, the the if somebody would say, well, black people are bad or white people are super good or white people are really bad. No, he would say some human beings are good right. and some, some human, human beings, beings are yeah, bad. And that. like, that's just us. And so I think, I know we've got to wrap it up because it's been forever. This is so good. We're going to have to have you back. <laughs> okay. But it, it's just, it's, it's bringing it back to the humanity of it right. that, you know, exactly. it's, it's not white or black. I mean, I don't know. You're a whole conundrum over there. <laughs> I don't know. But if we treat each other as humans, because that's how God treats us, then that's, yeah, that's how it's done. And you know what God does? God calls out sin and he calls, calls out evil, mm-hmm. which is what, I mean, I think I honestly, I think sometimes back to like so much of, during slavery and early America, it was so much of it was just culture, like to where you don't even think about it, you know, like it's just the way it kind of came. And, and I, I wonder, like I I asked myself often, like, would I have been able to stand up and say, cause you know, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't, you, you and God gives us all intuitively unless, you know, you're really, really evil people. Like, you know, that slavery and that whole thing is wrong. So, I mean, I wrestle with that, like, and I hope that I would have been that person. But like you said, um, there were some really evil white people that did some really evil things, mm-hmm. like killed your sister yeah. just because of the color of her skin. Right. And that just like, uh, we call that evil. God calls that mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. But you've learned, you know, it doesn't make all white people evil. And you might have had a bad experience with a black person. It doesn't make all black people, you know, and. So I just think it's such a good conversation to remember that we're all just human beings trying to make it through this life and to be able to reach out and to have these conversations. And I just, I thank you so much for being here. And yeah, thank you. I think it's really good. Thank you. So nice to meet you. Amy Beth, do you have anything else? It was just a beautiful story. And I go buy her book, uh, September 13th, but apparently you can get it now. Who knew? So go get it. Okay. Wouldn't they, and these go. would be great. I'm I already thinking wait. about Christmas gifts. Too. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those I'm would just be great Christmas just order. Just what is bunch. your life like? Are you on like a press junket after this? Are you like a I tour? I'm uh, scheduled in three different cities Jackson, Mississippi, if the water situation oh, yeah. clears yeah. up. Oh, please, Lord. Uh, Tuscaloosa, Ernst and Hadley on the 25th of yeah. October. Um, Page and Pallet and Farrell, which everybody says is fabulous. Oh, I've oh, heard about that. November third. Okay. I've never been, but everybody just anytime I mention the Page and Pallet, they're like, "Ooh, yeah. so <laughs> you made it! Be a crowd. You made it! it must be. Wow, Aww. we know her." <laughs> and then uh, Jackson, Mississippi, the day after my birthday, September twentieth. If anybody's 
So I'm hoping it picks up some national traction. I'd like to be all over. I've got some friends at a Bible uh, uh, Christian College, Messiah College yeah. mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to arrange for me to come up there and like be there a week and speak and have some book signings. So I'm very excited. Right. I want to do that. Spike Lee hasn't called you? No, but you know, he wrote a blurb on the book. So I did, did see that. Okay. I did see that. Okay. He did yeah. that. I need to text him and say, hey, be telling people about my book, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the least you can do. Help us out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you'll come back. I and Yeah, it's good. And so thank you all so much for joining us today. Lisa McNair, go buy her book. Dear Denise, letters to a sister I never knew. I'm sorry I'm not Scott. But um, like us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, all the places. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks. Thanks.